this is going to come up more as I get older, I'm sure, but I've never had a big brother or any brother at all. And I think part of my life is always going to be spent searching for people to fill that role. Over the years, Gary Clark Jr. has kind of become one of my big brothers. And that's cool because he's someone who I not only look up to, but also a dude I can talk about Swisha House with as easily as we can talk about Jimmy Reed, as easily as we can talk about the good and the bad happening in the world. And those are experiences I don't take for granted. Now, the story you're about to hear is one that Gary had told me a few times before, once in Memphis and once in Los Angeles. And I thought it was really kind of emblematic of who Gary is as a person. And we'll get more into that later. But the day that we sat down to record this, we'd been walking around his ranch and catching up. Gary was telling me how his ranch is kind of like his own personal Wakanda when an antelope poked its head up over a hill. It was like the perfect moment. One thing you need to know about me and Gary is that when we sit down to do an interview, we dig deep. And this interview is no different. So let's let Gary set this one up. Gary Clark Jr. I play guitar and I make things. I just made a baby. And I'm in the middle of making a record. And I think they're both beautiful. Uh, some good news? Shoot, I'm living. I'm here with some man. That's what's up. That's good news. That's pretty good. Yeah. And uh, what song do you want to talk about today? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about, uh, yeah, Miss Jackson. Chops the screw. Switch your house. Switch your house, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Let's do that. fuzzy back then right tell me about your bedroom my bedroom yeah what was going on in there in my parents house yeah oh man what'd you have on the walls on the walls it was it was a uh, bb king jimmy vaughn stevie ray vaughn buddy guy mm-hmm. mj michael jackson some like an old pendant, the San Antonio Spurs, David Robinson signed for me when I was a kid. <laughs> Just guitar amps, man, like a little, like a single Odeon karaoke little thing and little, mm-hmm. just things that I could get into. It was lots of incense, you know. Is this the same room with all the, with the lights? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell yeah. me about the lights. Yeah, the lights. I don't know, man. I, I, uh, maybe I was getting ready for stage or something, mm-hmm. you know. In my mind, I was... 
but I, I went and got all different colors, stage lights, like mm-hmm. green, blue, yellow, uh, red, and, you know, some black lights, and I would just sit there and just, you know, play guitar, be in my headphones or whatever, have in my, just be in my own world, man. I forgot about that. <laughs> man. Yeah, I forgot about that. Who were who we meeting at this time? Like, who, if you were to, like, introduce us to that version of you? I never got to meet him. Who was that kid? Who was that kid? Uh, that kid was, man, just driven, man. Like, just had, a, you know, just big dreams of just being involved in music anyhow, so. And I, like, I could feel myself being like a sponge, like my senses were heightened at that time, you know, for, uh, for, uh, was, you know, for knowledge and, and to be inspired, just, you know, and I was going everywhere. It was music, you know, films, you know, I was into cameras all the, you know, at that time, and. I was walking around, I was filming everything, I was taking pictures of everything. I did not know that well. Yeah, man, I mean, I got like, I just have tapes and tapes of, uh, you know, band practice in the garage and trips that I would take, you know, like me and Eve, we went to New Orleans and I was, you know, filming the whole thing, went to Ponderosa Stomp Festival and saw Robert Jr. Lockwood and, you know, was doing that type of stuff, but also I was hanging out with my friends and, you know, I was hanging out with, you know, Eric Zapata, he was in my band, and he would come scoop me up in his Camaro, and he was blasting like Kenny Wayne Shepherd's uh-huh. records, and um, you know Doyle Bramhall, you know, and uh, I'd go get in the ride with uh, you know other friends of mine, and we'd be listening to you know Houston, you know, and Outkast, and you know DMX, uh, Tupac, Biggie, like, and then. You know, other friends, Modest Mouse, Green Day. I just hung out with people who loved music. So mm-hmm. I was bouncing around. I never really had like a uh, like a solid crew that I was kicking it with every day. I had my, my you know, day ones, you know, mm-hmm. that was always solid. But I just was, I was just moving around. I would roll around, you know, with those crews. Or sometimes I would just roll around solo just to be able to be a fly on the wall and, and soak up the information and... Mm-hmm. and the atmosphere rather than be a part of it, you know, to understand, like, energy, how it flowed, how it moved, how people worked together, you know. So it was just very curious and driven, you know. It's, it's like, you know how you are. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, you can just tell, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, but yeah, that's, that's, that's who I am. I, I still try and be that way. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I also had a lot more free time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I was I did whatever I wanted whenever I wanted it. How know? did your parents feel about that? Uh they didn't know a lot of it. They didn't I got away with a lot too. You know, I they my folks call uh my friends call me hotwire. I used to sneak out of the house and steal my parent my parents' car and <laughs> I would put it in neutral, man. I would put that thing Neutral, push it down the street. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many times I had a bedroom it was like <laughs> on the second floor of my house, man. <laughs> I was like up top, right? Uh-huh. And I would climb out the window because my dad would be like on the couch watching like whatever late night television. Right about the time like Star Trek came on or something, like 
I was about I knew I was about ready to dip. He mm-hmm. started to slip. He's fading. Yeah, He's fading. you know what I mean. Yeah. And I, but I never wanted to risk going around. We had like a the door was pretty loud. And yeah. So I would just climb off the roof, you know, jump down, climb down a fence, and I fell down that thing multiple times, <laughs> man. And I would just sit there. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I fell off this one time. I was sneaking to go see this girl, friend huh. of mine, and um, I I just like. It was raining. I was like, I shouldn't be climbing off the roof. <laughs> it's raining, but I'm trying to go. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got so one I, thing on your yeah, mind. man. That was it. So I slipped uh-huh. off that thing, and I hit my knee and my elbow, and I just laid there like in the rain. <laughs> like, <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing at you. You know what I mean? Like try, try not to, try not to like scream. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. yeah, I was in pain, so I just laid there and just took it. And I was like, am I good enough to like still go with it, or wow. should I, you know? get back in the house should i just you know just knock on the door and be like yo pops i was trying to you know move around and i need help now (laughs) (laughs) i'm thinking i might be broke you know (laughs) the sky is crying Yeah, doing a bunch of that, going to see shows and going up and down 6th Street and do all that. You know, I would sneak out and go hang with folks, and they didn't know a lot of times. Was that like your, was 6th Street, like downtown, that was like where your friends would mainly try and get into trouble, or? It was like two different, it was two different things. Like, I was young, so, uh, I mean, I'm not really going to say where I was at, but, you know, I knew a couple of folks who would let me come in and, and play music in their venues and then mm-hmm. hang out and, so I was hanging out with older folks too, mm-hmm. and you know, like having grown folk experiences, you know, at a, right. at a young age, and I couldn't really relate. I couldn't go back to school and be like, "Yo, this is what's happening out here." You know what I mean? Right. So it was it was kind of a separate, two separate lives, I guess. You know, where would like where would the average kid at your high school be hanging out at like after school or on the weekend? Uh, probably like Barton Springs, mm-hmm. you know, just people's houses. People are starting to move out at that time, and mm-hmm. you know, kind of get their own spots. And so people would end up just hanging out there, and, you know, doing what young folks did, you know, sharing music and vibing and drinking and smoking, and, you know, just like laughing, just you know, doing stuff like that. So people were starting to be creative and started making music with with a couple of kids, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, growing up in Austin, I went to that Austin high school down there, and it was mm-hmm. just like, it was a bunch of different folks. I mean, we sometimes we would go hoop, go play at Dick Nichols Park mm-hmm. down south, and Garrison, and, uh, you know, go camping sometimes. You know, it's like, Austin, I mean, this is, it was an interesting group of folks that I was you know running around with it's weird to think of it you know mm. now how did Austin feel like at that time Austin felt like a small little town with 
like all these little hidden gems. Mm. I don't know. It was like what, like the first time Austin City Limits Festival came around. Mm-hmm. So there was like potential of things becoming bigger or more exciting as far as like the music business. I didn't know or care about anything else that was happening in Austin. It was like, what's going on in the music scene? Right. Did your friend, like in high school, were like the friend groups kind of made by what kind of music you listened to? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was clicked up like that, but yeah, I mean, like you had your, what you would call like your emo kids, mm-hmm. your like ska kids, mm-hmm. the punk. You know, then you have. I, had, like, I went through a Scott phase. You know, I'm not ashamed. Yeah, I mean, it was. Yeah, it was all there. When they call for me, I'll be sitting at my desk with a gun in my hand, wearing a bulletproof vest. In my mind, my other time does fly. When you know you're gonna die by the end of the night, it's heavy. Were you like skanking and doing the whole thing? I'm like, no, I feel like I was kind of like you. I was like. I had friends in like each of the cliques. Yeah. Is that how your high school experience was? Yeah, right. Yeah. Like I would hang out with the kids with like rap music, hang out with the kids with like rock music, band kids, football kids, like kind of like floated. Yeah, right. I didn't really, ha- I didn't feel like I really belonged to like one of them. Right. Yeah, I mean, you're also trying to play sports too, right? Yeah. So like being in that creative space and the athletics, those are two separate things almost like didn't mesh like the athletes didn't really get me yeah like you played baseball right i played basketball basketball yeah, yeah, yeah. like could you relate to the, your teammates at all or like did you feel like an outcast or well i felt like an outcast because i wasn't great right <laughs> you know i, I mean? can relate to that like <laughs> I, I, like i wanted to be like super dope like my friend uh jamel man like he was incredible like to watch him play i was like man I'm seeing him do it so it's possible right. to be able to, you know. <laughs> and then I would get the rock and I'm like, it just doesn't work the same for me. Yeah. But yeah, so, you know, there was that. I was also playing, I was singing in the choir too, which was didn't win me points with the athletes. Right. You know? Right. Like, oh, choir boy's late to practice. Where you sing us a song, you know what I'm saying? It's oh, like, man. Oh, bro. But um, yeah, so. The, all the music hall was next to the band hall and the orchestra. Mm-hmm. So you just you have like the long hair, kind of quiet, mm-hmm. you know, weird kind of alt or whatever you would call them. Kids <laughs> yeah. like hanging in the thing, you know, like calling out of little corners. You know what I mean? Tell me that one story you told me. You were playing basketball one time and like some racist shit happened. <sighs> that well, that kind of happened a. a not a lot, but you know, when you when I was a kid, I lived in a place that was somewhat diverse. I mean, like there was a lot of people around. I don't know if I remember exactly, but I mean, I just remember kids coming by and, and they would throw up the Confederate flag to us, and you know, they was just popping off at the mouth constantly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Spray paint on the on the fence and you know stuff like that so that it was just something that was just it was just around kind of living on the outskirts of a small big city Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so yeah it wasn't like an isolated incident yeah you know but it was weird because i would be friends with those some of those people's friends right you know what i mean so it's kind of it was like what's wrong with your people yeah it's like what's (laughs) you know 
<laughs> yeah, yeah it, was, <laughs> it, was, it was weird, you know. Yeah, you know, I don't know where those fools are right now. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Paranoid and pissed off. Now that I got the money, fifty acres in a Model A, right in the middle of Trump country. I told you there goes the neighborhood. Now Mr. Williams ain't so funny. I see you looking out your window. Can't wait to call the police on me. When I know you think I'm up to something, I'm just eating. I was still hungry, and this is mine now, legit. I ain't leaving, and you can't take it from me. I remember when you used to tell me, "Nigga, run, nigga, run, go back where you come from." Uh, nigga, run, nigga, run, go back where you come from. We don't want, we don't want your kind. We think you's a dog. What was your like uniform at the time? Like, what would you wear that would make you feel like Gary? My uniform at the time? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. Man, I had some. Uh, I never had anything like. It was all, it was like a, a mix up of stuff. Like I would have like a like a no name type of polo thing. Mm -hmm. Some Levi's and then like some Carl Kanai sneakers. What what are the Carl Kanai sneakers? They're like tan cloth material, some leather. Carl mm -hmm. Kanai was like fly, like a yeah. So it was it would be like one kind of fly thing, and then the rest of it was like somewhere else. It's like a mixed match of things. Sometimes I you know I feel fly sometimes like my boots. Mm -hmm. I have like some sketches or like some Doc Martens that somebody would give me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I had a my cousin would give me like some his clothes you know like so it was just a mix of like some flannels that were too big and like jeans that were too short yeah you were, <laughs> you didn't wear the loose fit jeans or uh i did i try i did i didn't go like you know jean co right <laughs> you weren't going yeah. that extreme yeah you know what i mean okay but i would yeah i would definitely look for like a baggy tag at the time or whatever it was mm -hmm. And then I just, you know, I, they just looked like I, my clothes were just like hung up on me. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like bony shoulders. You were the coat rack. My pops would get all pissed off at me because I didn't like to starch my clothes. We came from that, <laughs> scare, that era of like being starched. So I'd just be like, I had some like crispy ass jeans on. <laughs> and like some sleeves that didn't move. I'd be like sitting at, the, at my desk, bro, and my shits would be like... <laughs> Like <laughs> pointed up. <laughs> oh man, I used to get clowned for that. <laughs> my pop, he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't. I, I didn't want to cut my hair. It's like to this day, why I don't like. To, he always wanted me to go cut my hair, and I never. I wanted to grow like a big fro. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like as long as you're in my house, so you know. As soon as I was, we were talking about you know getting out of the house mm -hmm. earlier too. You know what I mean? So you know, at an early age, so. You know, that was another one of those things where I decided to dip up. My outfit was just my uniform. That's a good question. Uh, stage clothes, man. Mm -hmm. I have some terrible shirts. Like, there's pictures of me somewhere and like a red, silky, kind of fake-looking zebra thing. <laughs> like some chops. Like some, you know what I mean? It's trying to be like 70s Freddie King. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, it was. I don't know. Like, what were you rocking in high school? The same exact stuff I wear now. <laughs> Just like yeah. a band shirt and some jeans. I look the same. But you figured it out though early. I did. I did. Okay, I will say in middle school, almost every day I would just wear like basketball shorts and like a t-shirt. Yeah. Right. Like I like ball was life for me. Balling. I was like really had hoop dreams, so yeah. I figured like I needed to dress like a basketball player all the time. True. True. Yeah. You know. But I mean, I understand that's that's also confidence builders. It you know Jimmy Vaughn said. I didn't hear this directly from him, but I've heard that he's, you know, he said, you play better, you play, you play better shows, the uh, more fly, like your boots are, your shoes are, or whatever, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you like this thing, like you own it or whatever. And I find that to be true. Were you so wearing I, hats too in high school? I wasn't wearing hats. I was, well, I was conflicted. Like you asked me about my uniform, like mm-hmm. I'm thinking about it and it was confused. Like sometimes it'd be long shorts, right. I'd have my, like my, Hooping shoes on, mm-hmm. you know. I never had a starter jacket, but you know I had like a cowboy, like an apex. Mm-hmm. You know, I was yeah, a couple of cowboys hats. Yeah, I would just kind of go back and forth. I didn't, I wasn't wearing like, you know, like grown man, you know, hats until my dad got me one a, a few years ago, uh, like when I was in high school, and I never. I always wanted to wear it, you know. I was kind of conflicted on what I, which direction I was going to go because I didn't know if I was going to be like an athlete or a musician or whatever. So mm. I kind of kept that one. I thought it was a little too showy, a little too like artsy, a little too I'm going to sit in the corner and write a poem and I can't right. have time for you guys. Right. <laughs> <laughs> one of those kind of hats. Okay. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I got drunk one night. I was hanging out with some friends, and I put it on. I started doing the Michael Jackson dances. <laughs> put on that um, that Thriller album, man. And uh, <laughs> I saw some pictures later, and I was like, damn, I kind of look good in this thing. Uh-huh. You know, i just been rocking since. What was the car you drove? I drove, we only had, like, my dad worked... Uh, car dealership sometimes mm-hmm. most probably we only had one car for the whole thing so it was like a jeep cherokee mm-hmm. like a um and it had it a it's like a 94 jeep cherokee or something mm-hmm. and it didn't have any it's like no tent it had like some wheels on it that were too wide for it, it had some like white walled tires on it mm-hmm. it was amazing good speaker system in there and that's this is the car that you're Chopped and screwed story happens in. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 So if I if I went back to six to meet sixteen seventeen year old Gary. Yeah. Yeah. And you were gonna take me for a cruise. Yeah. Kind of like tell me where you would take me, and like describe like what you're seeing as you're driving around. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh man. All right. Uh, we probably this might vary, but. Mm. You know, we might park over by the baseball fields. We drive around by the baseball fields. Off Old Fredericksburg? Yeah. If, if nobody was there, you know, we might pull up, light something up, sit there, turn the radio up, and uh, chill for a minute. Probably rap terribly <laughs> to each other. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You start to yeah. feeling good. Yeah. You know, somebody's somebody's brother had a fake ID or something so we go to the liquor store go pick something up and uh we just be 
just be doing that. Um, we just roll around, maybe hop it, hop, uh, pop by the Sonic, mm-hmm. get some mm-hmm. Taco Cabana or whatever. After that, and just go drive around, go pop around to like, you know, such as whoever's throwing a party, whoever's parents are out of town or something. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, a friend of ours had some land out down south, and so. You go right around there, driving up and down um, Southwest Parkway. Mm-hmm. You know, there wasn't really anything down there at the time, and all you're really seeing is just like a highway and some trees, you know, some mm-hmm. like limestone, some some hills, mm-hmm. you know, just for miles and miles. And roll up and down Brody Lane, William Cannon, mm-hmm. you know, it's like just kind of a little. It's a lot there now. They got like I think like a twenty-four hour fitness or something down there. But back then it was. They're just, really on the come up. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was like. <laughs> yeah, it was back then. It was just like trees, and you see random cows sticking out of the, you know, bushes or whatever. So that's just kind of what you what it was, what you would see, and just like you know, just pop up on people, and you know, hang out at their house, and you know, listen to some music or whatever, and you know, we'd just be driving around in the jeep, you know. Mm-hmm hope that it wouldn't break down and hope that like my mom didn't need it and if she did need it we, we could air it out before we got it back to her right <laughs> drive with the windows down for a little bit yeah 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 yo guys for real <laughs> blow it out the window <laughs> yeah, my mom would be tripping yo she don't even know I smoke <laughs> Chop and screw freak out. Yeah. Uh, man, I guess it was like early 2000. So. Sounds about right. And I was oh, hanging at a friend's house and we were experimenting with green herbs at the time. Yeah. Out of a six foot maybe smoking apparatus. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Something stupid like you don't have to do that. Right. To get to the point. But um we were like we were real big into you know, chops and screws, you know. Being from Austin, Houston being so close or whatever. So but I uh I had to dip and uh go back to the house and I was listening to uh oh man, I can't remember the name of the tape now, but um it was a Chops and Screwed, like a remix with like a bunch of folks doing um Miss Jackson, the chameleonaire one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Haters yeah, yeah, keep yeah, asking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I you go real stupid question. Oh, uh, so I'm driving, and I all of a sudden I hear the like the wedding song. I never heard that before. Right. I happened to be driving by this church, and I was like, man, tripping, tripping. Like I'm, what's happening? I couldn't tell. Like if it was in the in the song or the like I couldn't tell what was happening so I had to pull I pulled over in this church man I started sweating freaking out it just I, I don't know I was just that was a, like a moment where I felt like I was in the music and like really like swimming in it you know mm-hmm. what I mean and uh yeah it kind of changed me I sat there and like, you know 
wipe myself down. You pull over. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. And, and uh, got myself together and went back into my mom's house and did homework or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but, but I had like this thing, you know, like my heart was beating too fast, that whole thing. I was like, man, mm-hmm. what, what is it? You know? Uh, yeah. Looking back, it was a beautiful, like, uh, I guess, entrance into this whole other way of listening to music, you know? Mm-hmm. Dissecting. You hear really, really slow. <laughs> appreciate it in a different way. So, like, what's your first memory of hearing Chopped and Screwed music that you can think of? My first memory of hearing Chopped and Screwed music that I can think of is getting in the ride with uh, my boy Grant just got, like, a used, like, Bronco 2. Mm-hmm. And he got, like a, got, like, a new CD player in it. And we went up to nonstop music. Mm-hmm. I think this was the first... More well, like the first, one of the first time, but uh, we we popped up, you know, they got some tapes or, or some CDs, and I got like a Northside 11. Mm-hmm. Swisher House. Swisher House, yeah. And it was like, I mean, who was on it? Like, Chameleon Air, Paul Wall, mm-hmm. Slim Thug. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I mean, everybody. Help me out. Yeah. I mean, Lil Mario... Would have been on there. Magno. Yeah. I mean, is there, I, I'm going to find this thing. It was, it was, I still have it somewhere. The actual one? Yeah, I still oh, got it. Wow. It was, yeah, it's one of my favorite pieces of music that I own. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just like it changed my life. So, we, yeah, so we pulled out, oh, you know, the parking lot. Boy, I had a couple of switches rolled up rolling around on the ride man like listening to that up and down like uh, Manchak Manchaka mm-hmm. and just like Southside also just listening to that I remember sitting in the back you know just I'm like what is this you know hearing that um, uh, I mean it just hearing that out of the, the speakers you know he had like a sub in the back too you know what I mean that's you know these are like young white dudes like white kids and they're mm-hmm. putting like big ass speakers in their trucks uh-huh. you know what I mean and, yep you know just like cranking this stuff up it was it's funny to think about it now mm-hmm. you know what I mean but uh that was like the first it's like the first time and we were just hooked man I mean I, I don't really remember what all that what all the records were and, and who all was on every song it was like but it was like a soundtrack it was just like a vibe you know like these parties and like this you know it was like such a dope atmosphere that that mm-hmm. music created you know it's a I mean? mood for sure yeah you know what I mean it was like super chill it was like it was like kind of I don't know man it just made everything it was like gangster but like sexy <laughs> you know what I'm saying like it was yeah. weird you know yeah like the, the girls loved it it was, quite, it was those are some of the best times of my life is like me experiencing that music along with like that was at the same time I was really listening to like 
other like psychedelic music as well mm. you know which was outside of the the pop you know soul world so it was like this whole other way yeah i never heard I got anyone out the car and i was like man that was and, you know they dropped me out of the house i felt like i'd gone to space and back you know what i mean wow yeah. wow yeah i never heard anyone describe chopping screwed music as psychedelic but it totally is yeah it to- totally is man yeah it, it, you know, it's like hearing, you know, stuff go through like flangers and, you know, chopping it up and, and, you know, the back and forth between panning left and right type stuff. It was like, and hearing it slow, you could hear all that stuff. It was like, it was, it was magnified and it was elongated and it was like, it was crazy. I mean, I, I listen to that stuff. I love to listen to music. I just close my eyes, man. And mm. like, I can see like these amazing visuals, like a kaleidoscope type of thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that stuff. It's just amazing to me. You know, just take me to a different world. That was, you know, I'd be sitting there with a bunch of people and I'd just get lost in the music. Like, literally feel like I'm just going somewhere else. That herb helped. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> and would you have heard the the chameleon air outcast flow miss jackson flow on the radio would that would have been a cd oh no no not a radio no that would have been a cd we would have gone to like okay so yeah we would have gone like to um I had a couple of little like record stores, like mom and pop shops, like nonstop music. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Music Mania up mm-hmm. on uh, R.I.P. Uh, yeah, up on like thirty five next to a Fiesta. Mm-hmm. I think so. We would just mob up in there. Me and my boy Kevin, Jake, Grant, Jamel, whoever. And, like we would just pop up and get like the latest tape, who whatever you know was was dropping, and um, it would just be like in a white envelope. Sometimes mm-hmm. with maybe just like some simple black print on it, you know. Yeah. yeah, we would just go throw on the CD. Sometimes the CD player wouldn't work, so we'd drive up there for nothing. And like you know, <laughs> that would that was just like a typical day. You always had a basketball in the car, so we might pop up at the park and go shoot some hoops, go running some people, and mm-hmm. you know, just go do that. You know, it was crazy. Like it was for the most part, it was. It was it was all right. I mean, got a little bit of trouble from time to time, you know. Pretty normal. Yeah. Well, I want if I felt like if I felt like I was losing any sort of focus towards what my thing was, I always was like, I gotta, I, I want to go do this thing. You know what I mean? This the whatever they told me about. So that was a it's a good balance, I think of of trouble and focus at a young age like you always kind of had a clear idea that like music was your thing and like if you felt like you were like straying too far away from music like you would snap out of it is that what you're saying yeah 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 that was the only thing that brought me back like Mm -hmm. you know i was a kid you're trying to figure it out i mean how was it for you like did you feel like you know they got they say like pressure of kids and and all that to go this way or go that way I mean, I guess if you never really, like, click up, you don't necessarily feel like you got to right. move in that way. Yeah, I think um, my parents, like, always, like, they're 
their advice to me was they always wanted me to have fun for sure they're never against having fun trouble is another story but they always told me like if you just focus on the things you're passionate about or maybe the one thing if it's just one thing and pursue that then you'll end up around the right people Mm -hmm. naturally and so I think like I didn't really find like I was passionate about basketball, but I didn't find like a real passion until college, which is when we met. Yeah, right. And once my parents saw that like I was I was really doing stuff I was passionate about, that's when they like pushed me and they were like, You have something that you love and that's rare. Just keep that in your crosshairs. Uh, and that's been the best advice I ever got. No pushback on that, you should do something else or like the only pushback I got was my dad. He's always kind of been wanting me to go to grad school. Yeah. And I respect that. And like, if life takes a turn at some point, maybe that's the way I'm going to go. But I think it was only recently that they, they like really got it like a hundred percent. Like, I think when they saw like, just kind of like the reception, to some of my ideas and how like I was kind of, I've kind of started to like take, control of my timeline mm-hmm. like my life in that way that's when they started to get it and ever since then they were just like good like go go do what you love did it take your parents a while to like get to that point uh hmm i would say yes and no my parents were supportive i was in school Mm-hmm. playing shows and trying to pursue that thing with my friend Eve, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they were supportive and, like, they knew that it was fun for us mm-hmm. and they knew that it was something to keep us out of getting into other things, you know what I mean? So I think they supported it in that way. Once once school took a backseat to that, they were like, oh, uh uh-uh. mm-hmm. Like, wait, 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 wait. Nah, this ain't, you don't get to just this just be everything without, you know, it's like we work too hard to, mm-hmm. you know, my mom, you know, God bless you, She's like, I work too hard out here, you know, to educate myself, to be raising some young ignorant nigga out here in these streets. It ain't mm-hmm. good for nothing. So she's like, you're going to get that education mm-hmm. and do something that's for real because that wasn't, you know, the stories, you know, you see the stories and the this and the, so there's a fear of, you know, you see that and you think of that lifestyle and, and everything and so of course you don't you know she wants me to go somewhere safe right <laughs> you know what i mean if School she didn't is safe she didn't right. but but it, she didn't understand like how how passionate i i really was about it and like it wasn't a, just like a thing that i was going to give up like basketball or karate or mm-hmm. baseball and you know when did she really get it Probably when I brought that Grammy home. <laughs> it took her that long. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
okay, yeah, that'll drive it home. And nah, but I, yeah, I, I, you know, I think that, yeah, I mean, I, I even think like for me too, you know, just to have something like that solidify, like, you know, all, all those years that I put in trying to figure it out, fingers bleeding in late nights and going up to school, tired after being in a smoky club, mm-hmm. hanging out, playing to you know, two in the morning or whatever, you know, buy some gear to buy, you know, from like a little 10 watt amp to buy up, you know, to get more professional, buy a Fender, you know, this with some tubes in it and, mm-hmm. you know, a, a comfortable guitar strap and be able to, you know, just, just building all those things to be able to have a, a moment like that. It was like, okay, I think I can maybe breathe a little bit mm-hmm. and, give myself a little bit of a break you know what I mean because I'm like a speeding bullet train man if you're in the way you're gonna get run over yep because I'm yep. going you know it's gonna happen one way or another right right right, right. but no I mean in, in, in all seriousness I think that once I started getting a lot of love in the city and you know I thought that they, they thought I was gonna be okay I did some film stuff our parents had the exact same experience growing up but I think it was maybe similar in that like tell me if I'm wrong but for them at least for my dad he worked like to get a degree he had to go through way more than like the average white person in the states Mm. so the struggle that he had to go through to get that I think he, I think probably at first maybe he was a little bit concerned when I was like going real far into the creative side of things. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe might have freaked him out a bit because there's so much security in just like getting an engineering degree right? and getting a nine to five and like a house and like everything like that. Right. You think it was like kind of a similar thing for your parents? Like, oh, yeah. did they go through a lot to get where they're at? Oh, yeah. I mean, in my, you know, my... My grandmother, too. My my mom's parents, you know, really hardworking, educated. Uh, my granddad was in the military, mm-hmm. so my mom told me this story that uh, you know he didn't like that every time he saw like black people on TV they were singing and dancing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which I could. I could understand there's other opportunities and other avenues and other ways to go. So I could understand that at that time. So to be so educated and be like, you know, some discipline and, mm-hmm. and structure and have all that, you know, to see like his grandson, like growing locks and, mm-hmm. you know, showing up like red eyed and staying up late and smelling like, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, it's like, and he's going to go do that for a living. It's like, Oh, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. Like we, We've been through too much. We've been too much to let you just think you can just go out here and just 
for, you know, break, you know, shut that down. But they didn't understand that I had a, an idea of what I wanted to do and where I want to go. And it's still not over. It's like mm-hmm. to, into the, the field and whatever. There's other things that you can do along with that. And mm-hmm. I, I know what I'm doing. I finally, you know, I saw my grandfather before he passed away. He was, he was upset because I didn't go to university, you know. He mm-hmm. wanted me to go to college and all that. And he uh, came to one of my shows in Portland, Oregon at the Aladdin Theater mm-hmm. with his buddy. And he was like, really proud of me, you know what I mean? So that made me feel better, but I was stressed for a while. Like this shit better work, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I love coming to Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to get my invite rescinded. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look at him. He looking. <laughs> yeah. Nah, but um, yeah, the family show love. Do you think you'll ever run out of ideas? Probably. Yeah. Probably. I think I. Yeah. I mean, temporarily. Hmm. But, uh, no, well, I guess I, I guess you never run out of ideas if you come back to them. But, I mean, I've gone through phases where I've just been like, I got nothing, mm-hmm. you know, for a couple of months. And it's like, just surrender to it and, and go do something else. You know what I mean? Like, play a game of basketball, chill out. <laughs> Watch Breaking Bad or something. Mm-hmm. Get down or something like that. You know what I mean? Just like, but, uh. Yeah, like we were talking about, like, you know, Stevie Wonder or, or mm-hmm. like, great artists. Like, I wonder if they are exhausted of ideas or they're just tired of sharing right. ideas. It's like, I've done enough for you people. Right. I can't give it all to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? What more do you want? Yeah, what more do you want? I mean, so, I don't know. What do you think? You think you'll ever run out? Right now, I feel like, no. Right yeah. now, I feel like I'll always have ideas. And those are kind of like my currency. Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe I'm just tired because I got like two kids running. <laughs> you got like responsibilities yeah, and shit. Like, what's tired, up? Man, I, got <laughs> I need a nap. A <laughs> like, nap is a great idea. That is a good Well, see, there you go. Yeah. So, yeah, nah. <laughs> but nah, I, I feel you. I, I hope not. Mm. I, I hope that, uh, I hope that, like, you know. My brain stays sharp and creative, and because I like, I love the creative process. I love to come up with ideas and figure out like these mm-hmm. puzzles in my mind. Of you know what I mean? That's I, I wake up mm-hmm. for that shit. Even the bad ideas, it feels good to get them out. Does it? Because you got to get through the bad ones to get to the good ones. Do you know when they're bad? Sometimes, most of the time, <laughs> yes. Sometimes I need my friends to be like, this is bad. Yeah, see, I don't let anybody into my creative space. I just <laughs> let it go. And then I just get like the reception. I go, all right, yeah. I won't do that again. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's very real. It's like yeah. I, I'll own up to it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's for me like testing what my strengths and weaknesses are like very honestly. Like this is just what this is me. Mm-hmm. I got to get over that though start to like open up and collaborate and i've been doing that a lot lately and learned a lot which has made me better and i think i waited too long maybe it's right on time well yeah but i mean thinking back oh you, you wish you had done it like, man what was, I, what, was I, what was i doing you know what i mean but you gotta figure it out i guess you know that's really cool i'm glad you're uh doing more collaborating now well thanks to you bro <laughs> what do you mean well 
what do you mean? What do I, what do I, I mean, didn't you, like, we've done some cool stuff. Can we not talk about we it? We can talk about it, yeah. That's fine. Can we? Yeah. I mean, got me on a record with Bun B there. Yeah, that was cool. I mean, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't have done that like five years ago. Um, no, I wouldn't have known what I was gonna do. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't think I understood what my what my voice was, what my approach was. I was still trying to trying to figure everything out too. You know, mm. like where I was gonna where I was gonna go. You know, musically coming from like a blues world, I just didn't. I couldn't. In my mind, yeah, I would love to do it, but I just didn't know what I would bring to the table. Like I understand what I do now and being around so many great people I've educated myself very quickly to be able to know how to move in a room when it comes down to being creative and knowing what my space is mm-hmm. but yeah I mean there's pictures like maybe five six years ago where I'm hanging with some folks who like I'd only just seen on TV and you can right. tell that I'm just like <laughs> what that, the you got hell? the look yeah. like yo I can't believe I'm here right now <laughs> I made it you know what I mean but like just scared to say anything you mm. know what I mean it's like unbelievable you know, it's a weird thing to be like you know it was, it was a long transition period for me because I'm such a like keep to myself type of a mm. dude so to be in that world and it's so social and moving around and we was making connections really fast to be in New York and LA mm. and I'm just a kid from Austin, Texas been walking around barefoot you right. know what I mean playing acoustic guitar right. at Barton Springs it's like <laughs> you're moving at a different speed yeah definitely <laughs> it took me a while to catch up I was like oh wait I'm late hold on hold on oh okay 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 yeah it's been incredible still processing I mean like do you does it take you a while to like go alright well this is what this is and and move on to the next thing or can you just be like I'm in this moment process move on to the next thing and just keep it moving yeah I think like one of the best pieces of advice Bon ever gave me was in any situation you find yourself in you gotta act like you've been there before yeah I didn't get that at first but once I got it it helped like tremendously yo for real mm-hmm. yeah I'm still trying to be that way because I can't hide it on my face. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, I can't, you know, like if I'm standing in a room with Bun B, I'm going to act like I'm standing in a room with Bun B. Right. Or I'm going to leave so I don't look like I'm standing <laughs> <laughs> well, You know from experience? or? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> recent experience. Quite recent, actually. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> so yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm cool. Hey, what's up? Hey, hey man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peace. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Let's go before he knows. <laughs> oh,
love like, man? What's love like? Yeah. Um, it's wow. Love is like uh, it's like a plant mm. that you see at first. And it's beautiful, and it's beautiful, and it's beautiful, and it's beautiful, and it's beautiful. And then it starts to maybe wither a little bit, mm. and you have to water it and keep it beautiful. But, like, not too much. Not too much. You don't want to drown it. Right. But you don't want to let it dry out. Right. But you want to, like, step back and look at it and then get up close to it and then just kind of let it be. And maybe let other people admire your love so you don't get too selfish with it. And, uh, and you have sex and take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> Very poetic. <laughs> oh, man. Um. <laughs> Thank you. Nah, you're welcome. I've never had to, the opportunity to break it down like that before. Yeah. It's quite astute on your part. Yeah. Mm. No, it's, it's amazing, man. <laughs> I, like, you know, I look at my wife and, and I'm like, damn, you know, and to see where we're at and, and where we are with this family. And, she, you know, she keeps getting like better and more amazing. It's, damn. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Don't don't get it twisted. It's like, like I said, it's not everything's you know you got your ups and your downs and you gotta f- fight through some things to to get through the to, you know to work through it's like the, the finding the diamonds you know what i mean mm-hmm. it takes a little work but it's amazing on the you know just communication and all that it's, it's amazing man i got i got me a good one and it's you know you learn stuff about yourself it's like a mirror you know what i mean if you mm-hmm. really are open and like care and are honest about it it's like and let you know who you really are and what you really what you what waves of energy you're really moving around in this world and not just like your own perception of yourself which is can be amazing you know mm-hmm. humble yourself and appreciate things and, and you know just be in it it's good yeah man. I don't know if you're gonna drop that one <laughs> I'm just I'm just doing research right now, man. Oh yeah. And one day I'm gonna be in the middle of it. I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, it is like a plant. Yeah. Harry was right. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm just saying that because we're out here in the country. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of greenery, right? Really. <laughs> yeah. That's what I think of it as. You know, really, it's not, not as romantic as it could be, but mm. it's like the most. I think it's just being real is like. All the cute shit and the, you know, all that stuff is like, it's fine, but let's, let's dig deep. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Let's get into it, baby. Mm-hmm. One day that's going to be me. Yeah. All right. Hey, man, thanks so much for uh, telling that story. Well, thanks for coming by and bringing this stuff so we could record it. It's cool to be out here at the ranch. Yeah, man. Welcome. Come by anytime. You about to do your mob voice? Come here, come back anytime, whatever. My house is your house, you know what I mean? Yeah. On this, the anything, day of my daughter's wedding. Yeah, anything you need, forget about it. <laughs> I got you, forget about it. No problem. 
All right, thanks, man. (laughs) (laughs) So the reason why I think that story is so emblematic of who Gary is and is so important to know is because his influences are so wide-ranging, and it's why he's such a versatile musician. He can do almost any style he wants, and he'll do it in a way that sounds very unique. You know, I think to this day, he's the only musician who's ever been nominated for Grammys in the rock and R&B categories in the same year. You know, and this story is, it falls right in line with that. You know, here's this kid who, you know, his guitar hero was Stevie Ray Vaughan, but he was also riding around Austin listening to Chopped and Screwed tapes. And his idols were Slim Thug and Paul Wall and people like that. And that all makes its way into his music. You can totally hear it. So I'm hoping you've deduced by now that Gary is a guy who has no interest in fitting into a box or moving at any tempo other than his own. And those are attitudes that I really identify with. But, at the same time, Gary has also had some pretty relatable teenage experiences. (laughs) Um, But the only difference is that, at a very young age, he'd found something he was incredibly passionate about. And, uh, well, that guitar has really taken him some incredible places. As Gary likes to tell it, when we first met at Austin City Limits Festival in 2011, I was interviewing him, and he was looking at me thinking, who is this kid asking me about hip-hop? You know, he doesn't get those kind of questions usually in his interviews. People kind of paint him as very um, one-dimensional, like all he cares about is the guitar. And that's just not true. That wouldn't be true for anyone, you know? But ever since that interview in 2011, he's been there every step of the way in my career. And for that, I appreciate him to no end. So much love, G. Thank you for doing this. Catch you next time. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Nostalgia Mixtape. I'm your host, Samana Shrawi, and um, this podcast is produced, as always, by the magnificent Jason Crow. We'll catch you next time. Well, you can